0: Good Vibes Cinema presents Vibe Talking
1: Hey party people Welcome back to another episode of Vibe Talking, a podcast about Films with off-the-charts vibes Films from the golden age of adult cinema I'm Vic Terry, executive Producer of Good Vibe Cinema And the host of this program here Joined by my friend, neighbor And co-star, maybe A fake? A fake?
0: A no-good fake? Ooh, good acting. <laughs> Love that. If only the character who actually said that line had that sort of delivery. Oh, anyway. God, that guy's delivery is bizarre. We'll get into that. Well, we're going to get into it. We have an exciting movie to talk about. And why specifically are we talking about this movie?
1: So we have an even more exciting movie to talk about next time. We're going
0: to be doing... <laughs> You're on the episode before the really good episode. Yeah, so keep just, listening. Just hang
1: tight, everybody. It's going to be good, too. Don't worry about it. Um, Next month, is my birthday, and we will be doing a very special episode celebrating my favorite movie, Boogie Nights. Mm. So we, it kind of started with last episode with Disco Lady because we ended up having such a good time with that. We're like, okay, Bob Chin, this filmmaker, like, maybe he's kind of good. And then Boogie Nights is very much inspired by John Holmes even though I hate John Holmes and I never wanted to do a John Holmes movie, it just felt right that we're like, okay, should we look at some of Bob Chen's other work? Okay, we're going to be talking about Boogie Nights. Oh, Paul Thomas Anderson told the cast to watch this film to get ready for Boogie Nights. so I I'm guess like,
0: that means we have to watch it now too. I
1: guess we do. So we just watched The Jade Pussycat
0: and it was not bad. It was not. We were both very surprised by how not terrible it was. And not only was it not terrible, it actually it actually was entertaining. It was kind of good. Yeah, kind of good. I liked it. Because sometimes when we watch these movies, at least I have to kind of fight through them a little bit. But not with this one. Uh, once once I put it on, once it got rolling, I was like, all right, I'm gonna. Every time I got pulled away from from the screen. I was like, okay, I got to get back in here. I want to keep watching this. Yeah. I was it was also because it was like taking notes and I was like, there's some good material in here. I'm going to have a was, lot of fun with this. There was there was
1: some good funny lines. You know what? I think, I feel like there's some Chin brings a little bit of humor to his work. I like that. It's not like straight up comedy, but like when we were in Disco Lady there were some little lines peppered in that we were like, hey, if this had better delivery, this would be a joke. <laughs> you know?
0: <laughs> this one I felt
1: like the jokes landed. I think they did a little bit better job here. So
0: Bobchin's very good at making these movies feel almost like real movies.
1: Yeah. This very much felt like a real movie to me.
0: No, this this definitely felt like it was a real production. I mean, there's there's some things that definitely would hold it back from being kind of considered amongst the mainstream Hollywood peers at the Mm -hmm. time. But for a movie with a budget of $12,000, which is so much more than Disco Lady, uh, you could definitely see it on the screen. It's something that like wouldn't be embarrassing for like a theater to like play for people. Yeah, I kind
1: of felt like, I don't know. I mean, I think like, you know comparing it to modern hollywood obviously is one thing but like i feel like in the 70s like there were a lot of like mainstream movies that were kind of low budget and kind of cheesy you know like exploitation films and all that kind of stuff you know oh, so for it's sure like, for sure i feel like this could have crossed over it's in its sweet spot you know having the sexuality and having that side of it you know but i feel like just out of context like certain dialogue scenes like you wouldn't necessarily know that it's from a porno
0: yeah, there is. Uh, I think we, we found a little trailer on YouTube. It's from a channel. I don't know if the channel is called Porno Pause, but that's what the title screen says. And the scenes that they play, you could definitely be like, oh, what movie or TV show is this from? And mm-hmm. then it's just like, oh, it's from The Jade Pussycat. Oh, The Jade Pussycat. Is that some kind of like detective movie that I never heard of? I don't know, like The French Connection or something like that? Mm-hmm. And it's like, I mean, it's a detective movie, but they. but yeah like when you're when you're making the comparison to like exploitation films from that era yeah this doesn't feel like bob chin just went out and like got members of the crew and like their family members to play roles in this they have legit actors not everybody's a great actor but like you have georgina spelvin who she's she's, always great yeah hands down no question about that and as i was saying before john holmes he quits himself well. Uh, I could definitely see John Holmes, if things went a little differently for him, being a very solid character actor during the '70s and '80s. He's by no means great. He doesn't have like charisma that like jumps off the screen. Certainly not the way that like you know our, our boys John Leslie and uh, Harry Reams, and even the way that Georgina Spelvin. Not necessarily in this movie. But like in most of the other things that she's done, you know, he doesn't have charisma oozing out of the screen like that. But he's definitely not some like you don't you don't just stop paying attention during his scenes. Like, yeah,
1: that's what Bob Chen said, like when he was describing John Holmes' performance, because he was kind of commenting on like people people being harsh critics of, like, porn acting and stuff. And he's like, hey, so, like, yeah, no shit. These people aren't, like, professional actors. And some of them are pretty solid, you know? And he was yeah. saying with John Holmes, like, that he had, like, a certain kind of confidence when he was on screen. And he, he was, like, captivating enough. I guess I would agree with that. I think that he... Because I've seen parts of things with him. And I've seen two of his other films. They just feel like phoning it in and maybe that was at a point in his career when he was phoning it in you know yeah but i think that he just really doesn't have a lot of range all he can do is play kind of like i don't know like a detective yeah like a cocky douchebag kind of character which you know like sure he's like typecast whatever and like john leslie like does that sort of a part a lot too but i feel like when john leslie does it there's something about him where it's like damn this guy's a dick but like I still kind of like him, you know? Yeah. Whereas like John Holmes, it's like, he just feels like a dick to me. Like, I just don't fucking like him.
0: Well, and that was like the comparison that we're making too because long time listeners will know this, first time listeners will be surprised to know that we've, this is not the first detective movie that we've talked about. Previously, we talked about a little movie called Dixie Ray, Hollywood Star, which is a a period film noir detective story set in 1940s Hollywood. And John Leslie is the lead in that, and that was directed by Anthony Spinelli. We love the movie, but we definitely are painfully aware of all the flaws of the movie. Go back and listen to the episode. We make a lot of criticisms of it. You know, So the comparison I made was, if you switch the parts, if you put... John Holmes in Dixie Ray, you put John Leslie in uh, Jade Pussycat, does it elevate either movie? And I think that you would get at least as good a performance with John Leslie in this role of of Johnny Wad, but I don't think John Holmes is capable of doing the things that John Leslie does as um, Nick Papadopoulos.
1: Totally agree. John Holmes could not have
0: handled that role. But if you had... If you had Bob Chin directing Dixie Ray, I don't know. Maybe maybe the sex scenes like play a lot better in that movie. Like maybe there's a lot better balance between the sex and story. Because that's another thing longtime listeners will recognize is I'm the guy who talks about, you know, ridiculous terms like diegetic sex scenes and like the balance of sex and story. Really, like that's kind of the heart of like what we talk about on this podcast. But For me, I feel like I want my sex scenes to not feel completely gratuitous. Mm -hmm. When I'm watching these, I want it to feel like it's an extension of the story. It's an extension of the arc that the characters are going through. And this movie, it doesn't perfectly nail it, but I think it hits that balance the best of any of the movies that we've watched.
1: I agree. I think it's pretty good with that. I think also just... In terms of, like, structure, the scenarios that lead to sex scenes feel a little more natural than some of these other films. Um, and I think, too, like, just runtime-wise, you know, the amount of sex that is on screen versus the amount of, like, narrative scenes feels pretty even, you know?
0: Yeah. That's another thing, too. And I think there's a huge credit to Bob Chin and also whoever edited the movie. But the pacing of this movie—this has got to be about the best pacing of anything. It that we've really
1: watched. is. You know what? I was thinking, like, when it was over, I was like, "Damn, this movie's over," and it's not long. It's only an hour and twenty minutes. But I feel like there's a lot of these films that are hour and a half you know ish like but that's there's pretty standard some you know? of these
0: movies that are, that are like barely an hour and it yeah. just at a certain point you're just like come on you know how long is, is Devil and Miss Jones and like the second half of that movie is just kind of like yeah it's right. an
1: hour long movie that feels like a three hour long movie yeah. Um. so this one I was like damn it's already over like and I was like I could watch more of this you know what I really thought I felt like if this was a show it would be so good like a Johnny Wads series that are like hour long episodes Episodes, which maybe that kind of—I mean—they're not like it's not for TV, but like that maybe that's kind of is what they're doing with the series. Like it's just he goes on a bunch of these different cases or whatever. You yeah. Know? So I would be down to watch more of them. I would watch that show.
0: Yeah, I mean, like I said, I'm, I'm definitely down to uh, check out more of the uh, Johnny Wad film series because it would be interesting too if there's like recurring characters and like crossover yeah. storylines or yeah, anything, or I'm if curious. it's just completely episodic with the stories. I guess let's dive into just rounding out the plot and just sort of like how we reacted as we went along.
1: Right on. Okay, so right off the bat, I was impressed. I felt like the opening credits, the kind of voiceover narration, it almost feels like it's like a documentary. Like they're showing the artifact, the Jade Pussycat, and the narrator's like, yeah, this valuable thing has been gone for all these centuries, and this is in this, you know. And then it cuts to totally the fucking scene from boogie dies i loved this i loved this scene this was maybe one of my favorite scenes in the movie but when they're doing the angels in our town like preview opening credits you know for the movie that they're making and they're like running around on this like roof and like oh it's yeah just, it's
0: my favorite thing ever like <laughs> they're recreating the busy Boys <laughs> sabotage video
1: <laughs> yeah oh i love i love that so much like if you guys haven't watched boogie nights obviously watch it but if you're not gonna watch it well watch you have to watch it
0: because we're gonna part. talk about it next I don't, well they're gonna you, listen we're gonna to spoil us the fucking movie that if you don't go and hear... watch it and then you hear us talk about it and you're like man this sounds like an awesome fucking movie but now i know everything that fucking happens that's on you pal that's not our fault. I know. This movie's
1: you been up. out long enough. It's time to watch it. But yeah, yeah. if anything, watch that. We're not
0: going to give a spoiler alert. Just expect it. Just go watch the goddamn movie. Yeah. After you finish listening to this, watch yeah. the movie. Pause Then this. listen to that episode. Go
1: watch Boogie Nights. Three hours later, come back to this
0: podcast. <laughs> <laughs> See, if there's if there's somebody in the future who is listening and they listen to the Boogie Night episodes first... They hadn't seen the movie yet, but they're like Boogie Nights. I've heard of that. They watch, they listen to that episode, and they're like, "Now no, no the fucking movie." And then they go back and listen to this, and they're just like, "Oh, they warned me now." <laughs> That's not our fault, you know. Like, like right now is the present for us. Yeah. Anybody in the future, like, out. sorry, we don't know what happens. Yeah.
1: Um, it's such a scene from Boogie Nights. This guy walks out of this like warehouse and he's got the artifact and like he's just like climbing down a fire escape like looking like a badass and it's so (laughs) fun and so cool and I'm like ooh okay I like this movie and then the guy like walks into this hotel room and in the scene where he's getting out of the building like it's kind of zoomed out so I like assumed that it was John Holmes I didn't really see his face you know Um, and then he gets into this hotel room and then it's like it's not John Holmes and I'm like oh wow who's this guy
0: you know and then he's like kind of had that happen with a few characters in this movie. There's a lot of similar looking characters. Oh, wait, characters. no. It's, that's not the same person? Oh, okay. Well, now I know.
1: Yeah. And we're not even being problematic here, because it was all the white characters that I was getting mixed up on. Yes. So, just for the record. I can tell the difference
0: between all the Asian characters. Yeah, like, they are distinct clearly, vibes, yeah.
1: but... Yeah, so I'm like, (laughs) but I'm wondering if maybe that's what they were going for, like a misdirect. Like, we're like, oh, what? This isn't Johnny Watt, Like, what's going on here? No, it's Paul. Yeah, so then Paul is like, babe, I've got the artifact. And this chick, Jasmine, is like there. She's like, nice. And, like, she has a buyer lined up. And she's, like, ready to.
0: She's, like, making deals. For stolen artifacts gets me so wet.
1: <laughs> they start getting down. A very solid <laughs> scene. Pretty spicy.
0: Not bad. An extremely short scene. I was amazed by how quickly the scene was, like, done.
1: I and it's because the pacing, pacing of this
0: movie. They were like, yeah, get to the point. That They're was like, as
1: much as we need. But I do have to say that they clearly cut it, you know, to make it nicely paced. Yeah. They let her keep moaning over the cum shot where he's like pulled out and like just the sound did not match what was visually happening um unless she's just like a really generous lover and like putting on a great performance if you watch
0: enough internet porn you get real used to that you get real used to things just matching up and just being like do i even need the sound like i can tell what's going on (laughs)
1: Excuse need the sound. It's so weird to look at it quiet.
0: So he he busts all over her. He makes a little map of Hawaii on her tummy. And then all of a sudden, and this is going to be a running trope through this movie, fucking someone's got a gun pointed to the back of his head. And they're like, put that thing away, mister. And like at first I was watching it, my initial reaction to the scene was just like, how did they not hear anybody, like, breaking into their hotel room? Because
1: they were wrapped up in the moment. They weren't fucking that loudly. They weren't fucking that loudly. Yeah, Ridley. but they were so passionately into But it turns
0: career. out, it's a double cross.
1: Another you double can't, cross?
0: You can't trust these women, man. You, oh, you oh, yeah, because she was on board with all these these burglars. You're, you're sitting there thinking, like, man, I got this awesome lady. She's hot as shit. She's good in bed. She's totally down to, like, steal a precious artifact. <laughs> Like, she definitely would never double-cross me or sell me out. Bullshit. You are already sold out. Get out of there. Bail. Turn her in if you can. Like, save your ass.
1: See, this was so confusing to me, though. Because there's a lot of characters in this movie where I thought they got killed, and they did not. (laughs) They pulled a gun on this guy. And she's like, sorry, Paul. I'm taking the artifact. But also, we need you to get dressed
0: and come with us.
1: Yeah, I was like... I thought I don't know. Did it show him walk off with them?
0: Because no. I
1: thought like it cut to the next scene. I just assumed that he got killed and
0: they just did it off screen. Well, and she says specifically to him like, "Sorry, Paul. Guess you're not going to make that flight after all." Which that's exactly how she says it. She says it exactly like that. And I was just like That sounds like Give this good bitch good an yet. Oscar. Like, yeah. You know. That was a good line. She's she's egot, you know, the material. <laughs> But yeah, so she says that, which would lead you to believe that dude's getting ice, like they're tossing him into the bay. Um, but instead,
1: they were just like, "All right, Paul, go fuck off, but don't take the flight. All right, like just go do something else, like just kill some time." Like <laughs> no, I, I they're just, like, I don't
0: understand this. They're like, "Hey, Paul, we need you to fucking do inventory in our uh warehouse back here. No bathroom breaks. Like <laughs> you're, there's a coffee can in the corner.
1: There's a bunch of stolen artifacts." But well, they're like, fuck it's, it's Bob
0: Chin being like, we got to get to the point, we got to get yeah. to the point. Moving we, on, nobody gets to have to introduce Johnny Wad. Like, ten oh, minutes have gone God. by. Oh, God,
1: and the introduction to Johnny Wad was so good. It's like a tight shot in Dick his first. Face. Oh, my God, <laughs> amazing. Actually, I think they were very tasteful with the Dick reveal. I actually was surprised that they didn't
0: just immediately whip it out. Yeah.
1: We get him on the they phone. They didn't have
0: him literally, like... Indiana Jones whip his dick at the camera. Dude, you know what? Like, okay, the I. The Jade Pussycat in 3D. <laughs> the audience is like ducking. It's an he interactive, whips his penis at interactive experience. Him. Wow, I really thought the penis was gonna hit me right in the face.
1: Oh, it didn't? Damn, okay, that's fine, I guess.
0: Good thing my mom was there to protect me. <laughs> <Stop>. <laughs> she jumped up and tried to block it with her ass
1: dude okay real quick let's just talk about the dong because like i feel like it wasn't until the end of the movie spoiler he's getting blown but i was like that was the point when i was like wow that thing is fucking gnarly at the beginning i was like Okay, it's big, like, right on. And then when he would bang, I don't know, like, I mean, I'm not, like, okay, I'm not like, oh, it wasn't that
0: big. Like, I know, it like, okay, I know it
1: is, but, like, I don't know.
0: Look, it's a big dick. Like, right, but, like is I my dick that like, big? No, it's not. I was like, just like, okay, it's, like, above average, like, it's big. But maybe then, like, two of my dicks would be bigger, but.
1: The thing that got me shook at the end, though, was how, like, solid it was. The width and such yeah that was fucking
0: gnarly i mean he's right there with a dude from bijou for like the biggest dicks we've seen
1: i felt like and i don't know actual statistics wise if anyone wants to fact check this for me but the guy in bijou i was like damn this guy's packing heat
0: but the guy in bijou is also like a lot thinner than john holmes like john mm -hmm. holmes is a thin guy so like, like proportionally it felt bigger he's he's still like a thicker dude than the guy from Bijou. The guy from Bijou is just, like, fucking all limbs and fucking giant dick. Yeah. So, like, he just comes out. (laughs) Damn, dude. Like, how do you fucking stay balanced with that thing? (laughs) Anyway, go back and listen to our episode on Bijou. We make a lot of big dick jokes in that.
1: You guys should definitely watch that,
0: too. But, yeah, John Holmes, big, solid dick.
1: Yes, and they tastefully Playing private dick. Yes, perfect. The role he was born to play.
0: I mean sometimes being typecast it's a beautiful that's
1: not a bad type if that's gonna be your type it's not a bad type
0: but there's a little bit of subversion of my expectations because he's getting blown by this attractive blonde woman and then you see this woman come climbing up the stairs
1: you missed the reveal they start on his face and he's like I'm so busy right now I can't come to this meeting I'm Literally interviewing a secretary. They're like, right now? Yeah, right now. And then they like zoom down, and he's getting blown. It was great. I thought it was very funny. I liked it.
0: And of course, it was the '70s, so they understood that. Like, oh, he's interviewing a secretary. Like,
1: <laughs> that wasn't even a porn thing. That was just the way it yeah, was. Yeah, just
0: then. the way audiences watching it now, they're like, damn, that's fucked up. That is like workplace harassment. Like that's exploitation. Back then, people are just like, yeah. Like, how else do you get a job as a woman? You know, you're this hardworking woman out in the, you know, trying to make your way in the world. That's just what you do. (laughs) You
1: whip out your resume and it's like, special skills. Gnarly head. Gnarly head.
0: (laughs) Well, I'm going to need to see an example of your work.
1: (laughs) Can you just call my references?
0: It's hilarious, too, because, like, he gets interrupted. So the woman comes walking up the stairs and knocks on the door and he's just like, oh, god damn it. I wonder if that's, like, a running theme in the Johnny Wad movies. Like, that's how they always introduce him. Is he's getting blown oh, by good. whoever's new fire. secretary is going to be. <laughs> and he always gets interrupted.
1: <laughs> oh, okay. So this chick comes up. And this was a great moment. The fucking look between these two women. Like, I was like, ooh, there's drama here. Because, like, obviously the secretary, there's the vibe happening, you know. And then this other chick comes up. And, like, walks in and, like, they have a history, you know. She's like, John, I really need to talk to you. And then she, like, looks at this chick and is like, oh, hey. (laughs) And then she's like, well, why don't you take this meeting? I'll circle back to this, you know. We'll finish this interview later. But, like, just without any, like, dialogue, just their looks, you know. Like, I was like, oh, this is spicy. This is good. That is some good acting there. Like, we can sense the tension, like, immediately. And it came and went in a second. They exchange a look. She walks out the door. Now they start this new conversation and start moving forward. So it was like just a good little moment, you know? See, and that's
0: something I can appreciate in these movies when they recognize the human moments of the awkwardness of like you're getting down with somebody and then like life comes in and interrupts that. And then all of a sudden you've got to transition from being a sexual being to just being like a normal person. Mm -hmm. I personally kind of dig whenever movies have moments like that.
1: I do too it's like just a little more grounded you know Yeah, it's, it's a more relatable film so the look was great and then she starts going on you know I guess Paul is her brother he's gone missing she's so worried about him she has this key she has this note and it has I don't even remember what it had but it had like initials on it SF S- what was it?
0: SFAC okay Yeah. and
1: they're in San Francisco and she's like yeah I don't know what this is you know
0: San Francisco what? and uh well, it's funny that she's like, I can't get a hold of my friend Paul. Well, Paul was supposed to go out of town, you know. Like, yeah. So what you about? Yeah. So it's like, how good of a friend are you? I guess maybe she was expecting to like give him a ride to the airports, and she's just like, yeah. She's like, this motherfucker like made me like take a half day at work so I can <laughs> drive him to the airports, and, and then, then his ass played. didn't even show up, and I was just like, this bitch, what bitch slept in. Yeah.
1: Fucked up my day.
0: Guess he's not making his flight after all. <laughs>
1: I think they actually did a pretty good job setting up this mystery, though. Because then they're like, all right, we're going to go to Paul's apartment and look around. And then, oh, he had a motel room. Okay, we got to find this.
0: Yeah, Yeah. that was something that I was actually impressed by. They show him doing actual detective work. It's nothing like super in-depth. It's just literally like he's looking at the key and he's like, well, what does SAFC stand for? You know, I guess I got to figure that out. He knows that he was staying at a hotel, so he goes to the hotel. He asks some questions. He bribes the guy at the hotel counter, which is a classic. Oh, private it detective was such movie. a
1: funny, good scene though, because like <laughs> he keeps he keeps ending up having to give the guy money for like different things. Like he's like, "Did you know?" I'm okay. Here's some money. Okay, I'm gonna need a room. This, this, and this. You know, whatever. I got like pay with no reservation. Go. Yeah, it's and he's like, like, a like a whole "Here's my reservation," <laughs> and then uh, he says to the guy at the front desk, "Oh yeah, one more thing." Don't forget to pay taxes on this money, you asshole. <laughs> <laughs> like,
0: I, I had to pause it at that point. I was, I was cracking was so up. I was like, that was funny. really funny. That was such a good line. Before he goes to the hotel, though, that's good when they job. cut to the bad guy's hideout. And oh, uh, yes. with a character that I, I don't know what the character's name is. I don't know if they actually say it in the movie. I refer to him as the fake Jackie Gleason. Okay. It's this portly middle-aged guy. And I swear to fucking God, they must have dubbed over his voice. Like, I really paid attention in the version of the movie that I was watching to just see, like, okay, does it seem like anybody else is dubbed over? This guy clearly seems like he was dubbed over. And it seems like he was dubbed over by, like, a very primitive, like, AI program. Mm -hmm. Like, not that his voice sounds robotic, but the way he, like, delivers his lines. Like, at the beginning, when I go, a fake? A fake? A no-good fake? That was an exact replica of the dialogue. It's shit like that. It's shit like that that he says in the movie. And Bob Chin, like, you got all these other things that are going so well. Why didn't you see that man and just be like, buddy, no, come here. I mean, I guess you got three days to shoot it. Like, you got $12,000 I feel like they probably had
1: more time to shoot this one. It's even a little more
0: involved. Yeah, I don't know, maybe, but definitely they were like, you know what? No, this actor's fine. We don't need to retake this scene or like reshoot it. We'll just pay someone to dub over his lines and we'll, we'll we'll make it work. It'll be fine. Because <laughs> like he says something, and I was watching the way that his mind. Oh, it's when he goes to leave the room, and he says to I think her, I think the actress's name is Linda Wong. He says to her, Alexandra would like to get you get to know you a little bit more intimately. And he says something like really weird and awkward of like, I will take my leave from you now. So why don't you go over there and I will be in the other room. It's like so weird and like awkward and stilted the way that he says it. And then that scene leads into uh, this great sex scene between her and Georgina Spelvin. Only problem though, this Linda Wong chick, hot, banging bod. She's got on garter and stockings. A vibe. takes the stockings off before. That's your pet peeve. Yeah, and I'm just like, come on, like, like it's a look. Keep it on. Rock yes. the outfit. Lingerie, right, like, like keep it on. You know, unless it's in the way of something, just keep it on.
1: I completely agree with that. As we've said in our previous episodes, being naked is not as sexy as being partially clothed.
0: That is one of our official, unofficial taglines.
1: It's so true, though.
0: But what did you think about the sex scene between Georgina Spelvin and Linda Wong? I honestly thought it was okay.
1: I kind of thought every sex scene in this
0: movie was just okay.
1: I'm like, all right, we got two hot people and they're getting down. I dig it, you know. But nothing in this movie felt super passionate to me.
0: That is definitely a criticism that could be leveled at this movie, is that the sex scenes are very performative. Yeah. You know, there's not anything to where you feel like, man, those actors, like, were totally into each other. Although I feel like this scene probably gets the closest yeah. because once they really get going Georgina Spelvin like starts manhandling this chick and it was hilarious because i had to replay this part 3 times there's a part to where she starts you know fingering her and then she flips her over um, so that she's ass up and when she does it you hear her knees hit the floor oh god and she goes from going oh oh ow i did not catch that oh my god go back and rewatch it because she's like oh 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 ow (laughs) right when her knees hit the floor oh that's funny
1: that's terrible
0: and then georgina spellwin starts fingering the fuck out of her she's like i'm going in both and i'm just gonna fucking blast you until you fucking splooge all over the place and she does it was powerful yeah
1: it was very powerful
0: it was pretty hot. But then the worst part about it was... Your favorite actor peeking yeah, his little head in. They made sure to show that, like, oh, fake Jackie Gleason, he knows what's going on. He's got to peek in like a chubby little pervert and be like, mm, one of these girls go up, mm, look at that. <laughs> and they keep cutting back to his face. And I was like, Dude. He's making the funniest face. It's yeah. so bizarre it's like anti like masturbation like measures that they're putting in they're like we want you to be turned on but we don't want you to jack to the scene because when you do it's cut dude's to that face guy pop up and it's, yeah.
1: it's a gamble you don't want to be wrapping up right as he's popping into a frame that's not the vibe at all
0: Fucking blowing your load right in the moment the guy says shows It's like his face shows up and you're like, oh, yeah. and you're trying oh, to like catch yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, it. You're oh
1: like, no! You try to catch it and like wheel it back in. Save yourself like a couple, like another 40 seconds.
0: Your body has this automatic response where like, for, like <laughs> the second it notices his face, yeah, your dick just goes completely back inside your body. You're just <laughs> holding the loose skin of the outside of your penis. You're like, ah! It's like a <laughs> like fucking... David Cronenberg body horror shit. Ew, I hate that. I do not <laughs> want to see that. No, thank you. Oh my god. I didn't want to see his face. But anyway, yeah, it's mostly hot. So that
1: guy's getting played too. So that was the twist here that we have yet another double cross. So Jasmine has double crossed Peter, but Peter double crossed. Well, that was a Paul. little. Oh,
0: okay. Yeah, okay. you're missing up. Uh, you're you're mixing up your apostles. Am I
1: thinking of Bijou? Is there Peter and Bijou?
0: I don't know if there's a... I don't know that anybody had names in Bijou. Okay. There was the construction worker, and then there was, like, dudes one through six that he fucks. Okay. <laughs> and then there was the, the gross ticket guy. Oh, yeah, I mean. she was gross. Okay, my mistake. So and, and the crazy fur coat lady that gets hit by the crazy... her. The real star of that movie.
1: Okay, so Paul... I was unclear, and I don't know if they wanted us to be unclear because it's like we're figuring out the mystery along with the characters, but originally it's like, okay, Jasmine fucked him over, she took the artifact, she killed him, or I guess just let him go as as we come to find out. No, they
0: took him captive.
1: Where was he at?
0: in the bad guy's warehouse when did they show that when they showed that they were holding him captive in the bad guy's warehouse and you're like oh that's where paul is all right i, I thought, guess he didn't make i thought fight. he
1: got away and then they found him again later no or for some it reason it did not
0: make sense to me it's because the movie realized that they needed to bring him back because he obviously like brought a fake because he knew he couldn't trust this bitch But she thought it was real,
1: right? She wasn't trying to double cross the other guy. She wasn't trying to fuck over the buyer. No, she
0: wasn't trying to fuck over the buyer because, like, that's ultimately what What they want. What Johnny Watt uh... figures out. After Jasmine gets butt blasted by Alexandra, (laughs) finger blasted, that's when Johnny Watt goes to the hotel. So he goes up into the room, and again, they have him doing more detective work. Because one of the things he asked the guy at the counter yeah, my friend Paul was staying here. Did he leave anything behind? And the guy at the counter is like, yeah, he left this behind. So he has to bribe him for that. He goes into the room for whatever reason. When he's in the room, he empties out the contents of the package. And one of the things is he starts going through the contents of the package. And he's like, wait a minute, two toothbrushes? Somebody else is here in the room with him. And then, mm-hmm. this is hilarious. He's like, a Chinese toothbrush? It has all the like
1: characters, you know, all the text on there. <laughs> I want to know what it like a dragon.
0: Was it just like a brand name, or was it like an ancient proverb? <laughs> no, he could tell because when you looked at it, it had a fortune written on there, and then it had lottery <laughs> numbers underneath. <laughs> yeah, that
1: was great. That was super
0: funny. But while he's sitting in the room, then all of a sudden, another character who's not Jasmine, she shows up. I'm looking for Paul.
1: This is his ex, who has a healthy vegetarian restaurant, which they this kept bringing it, it up, They kept
0: bringing Why it up by an unnamed San Francisco vegetarian restaurant. It was so random. <laughs> That's where they got ten of the twelve thousand dollars for this movie.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> even though they never say the name of the restaurant, and and like, so or even go to the restaurant. She's like, "Hey,
1: do you want to go to my restaurant?" And Johnny Wad's like uh no i don't like healthy shit like that And she's like yeah i don't really like it either but it's pretty popular and i'm like is it though maybe now but like i feel like even 10 years ago there weren't successful vegetarian restaurants no
0: that's definitely one thing about like san francisco it was kind of at the forefront of a lot of things a lot of trends that are now pretty commonplace okay but yeah like It was so weird that, like, she mentions in that scene, and then later on, it gets brought up by a different character. Yeah, they're like, you know, that broad with the healthy vegetarian (laughs) restaurant. (laughs) She runs some kind of health food restaurant. I don't know what the fuck that is, because it's 1977. (laughs) But she comes in. That, to me, was, like, very obvious of, like well, obviously they're going to fuck now. Like, why wouldn't they fuck?
1: They're in a room together. Hello. Yeah.
0: And he's like, I might discover a clue inside your pussy.
1: She's like, you should check. I don't know what's in there. It's been a minute.
0: <laughs> She's like, anything's better than running my shitty vegetarian restaurant.
1: <laughs> I mean successful. My successful vegetarian <laughs> restaurant.
0: That I hate, but is very successful. That's why I keep running it. But it threw me off because then it goes from, I think they leave the hotel. Mm-hmm. To go to her restaurant? I don't know. She's she's looking for Paul. And, you know, of course, Johnny's been hired to try and track down Paul. So he's like, oh, this bitch can help me. And at the very least, I don't know, maybe we'll fuck. Mm-hmm. But then it comes. Oh, to... But wait, they do fuck in yeah. the hotel room. And yes. then
1: they decide to leave.
0: Yes. They're like... Oh, we should go check out your vegetarian restaurant or something. Maybe Even see though neither
1: of them like to eat there. They're going to go look at
0: it anyway. But before we go, let's just bang real quick and get that out of the way. And she's just like, sounds great. Isn't it something like they're sitting there and, and she's like, well, what should we do? And he's like, how about you kiss me? And she's like, all right, sounds great. <laughs> yeah, he was like,
1: I got some ideas <laughs> of what
0: we could do. And she's like.
1: Sounds like you got some good ideas.
0: And that's how you know that this is this is a movie that is definitely made to satisfy the male gaze. Like, this isn't something like uh, Sex World or Deep Throat or Devil and Miss Jones, even, where it's like, hey, we want this to kind of appeal to, you know, couples, people of a- any gender. Wouldn't it be odd if just, like, You had to interview some bitch to be your secretary, but, like, she has to, like, blow you as part of the interview process. Fellas. Totally rad. Like, what if you're, like, investigating a case and, like, some broad comes in and is, like, nosing around and, like, gives you a bunch of expository dialogue that fills in a lot of the clues that you don't have. (laughs) And then she's just like, well, now what else should I do? And you're like, I don't know. Why don't we fuck? Fuck. You know, that's that's kind of the mentality of this movie and it's sort of awesome until it isn't which leads into the next scene it's a woman laying in bed
1: which this confused me because i thought it was the same chick
0: yes they look too. so
1: similar me i thought too. she like left and this confused me too because she's in like a bed right but she's yes. at
0: the restaurant you have to kind of if you watch enough of these movies you have to kind of expect that like the continuity's not always It's like going a to dream. You know
1: like when you're having a dream and you're like, yeah, so I had this dream, I was at the grocery store, but it was like my grandparents house. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like
0: that's I was what it back in like. high school, but also I worked at Burger King, which is in my high school, and like I had to like try and do my homework while I was like working the logic isn't always like consistent so Which, it, like this really just throws makes no you sense. Off. they
1: should have just had it be her and she went back to her apartment to jerk off because she was thinking about that great bang yeah you know like that tracks but instead it was well, just a random do that. woman
0: they couldn't do that though because of what the had to happen for this twist. scene so first of all it shows her like in bed jerking off using a gross Ugly 70s. Dildo. You know what? It was
1: not as bad as those other ones, though. So I made note of that. Bad as Star I'm Virgin. like, this is not like bizarre looking.
0: Yeah, but it also doesn't look like a fun thing to like f- slip inside. <laughs> no, you. it does. Not. It, it doesn't have you know modern day ergonomics that we're all blessed with now. Mm-mm. It looks like that weird hard but thin plastic that like a retainer would be made out of.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. She's going to town on herself, and then all of a sudden, one of the Asian gangsters like bust in, and then that leads to the, I guess, obligatory like inevitable rape scene.
1: Literally, there's one in every movie. It's getting to the point where it's, like, you just expect
0: it. Yeah. And it's there. Well, and that's the thing, is, like, we famously talk about how we don't want to talk about uh, Behind the Green Door, just because that is a movie that is 100% about rape. Like, it's just, it's a rape movie. Um, It's a big rape fantasy, and...
1: For, like, an hour and a half.
0: Yeah. And, like, with these movies, like... That was really part of the reason why I just wasn't interested in, like, watching these movies until you and I started talking about them. Because I was just like, yeah, no, a lot of them are just rape movies. But that hasn't necessarily been the case. There has been way more rape in these movies than I would prefer. I would prefer 0% rape. And, you know, this movie is like, what, like 5% rape? Maybe less. Maybe like it's, 3 it's, it's above the threshold that I want, But it's below, like, what the anticipated, like, worst-case scenario threshold is. I hate that The 100% behind-the-green-door threshold. I hate
1: that this is even a conversation we have to be having. Yeah.
0: I don't want to excuse this because it's terrible to, like, have this, like, depicted in a movie. Especially a movie that is, like, meant to, like, help guys jerk off, too. Right. But two explanations for it. One... Within the movie itself, it's meant to show that this is a bad guy and these are bad guys. The organization, they're bad people. They are not meant to be taken lightly because they just like, they'll see a woman and they're just like, I don't care that you're saying no. You're going to, I'm going to make you want it. So you're supposed to, as the viewer, watch that and be like, this is a bad guy doing a bad thing. And they don't play the scene out it's a little bit like sudden sometimes sweet susan where they don't play the scene out where it's meant to be like hot now Mm -hmm. they don't discourage people getting turned on by it but it's definitely a different vibe than all the other sex scenes in the movie Mm -hmm. the other thing about it is you had a lot of this in the 70s and then especially in the 80s where you would have rape scenes and you had a lot of Especially in the eighties, a lot of canon movies, a lot of action movies, where they would shoehorn in a rape scene and it was done as a means to get nudity into the film. It wasn't something that was necessary to the storyline or anything. It's kinda of bizarre Wait, like,
1: but why would they why would that be relevant to an explicit film like this. Like, they can have as much nudity and sex as they want and they do have it, you know? Right,
0: but at the time, and I'm just speculating here, I can be completely fucking wrong because I have no idea what Bob Chin or anybody else was thinking when they made this movie. But at the time, they didn't think of it as being that problematic because they're just like, no, there's plenty of other movies that are being made right now that will feature a brutal graphic rape scene like this. I mean, because, like, a movie of the time was, there was, like, I spit on your grave... There was um, what's that movie? It's like Something Road where it's about like this couple getting like like the the wife gets raped and the guy gets like beat up by like these people that break into their vacation home or something. Oh, I like know, there were I there were movies like that. that. Yeah. I think even Hills Have Eyes, the original. The the point is the there were other movies were a dark time. as yes, saying. Yeah, there was a lot of exploitation cinema, there was a lot of boundaries being pushed and like one of the things that would happen was that you'd have these movies that would have rape scenes in them. So it didn't stand out as like being that like stark, you know, to have a rape scene in there. Even though, like, you already have plenty of excuse to just show, like, sex and nudity in your movie as much as you fucking want to. But, like, as I was watching that, like, instead of really paying attention to the rape scene, I was just kind of like, why would they do this?
1: I actually had another interpretation, which also feels problematic. You're going off. on this. So I didn't know that this is where the scene was going to be going, right? I just see that, you know, this dude walks in and she's jerking off. And, like, that could have easily gone in a different direction, too. And I'm thinking to myself, like... Because I think at some point we're going to have to address, like, is this film racially problematic? Which, in my opinion, which obviously, like, my opinion doesn't hold that much weight, you know? But, like, just my, just my take watching it is it's an Asian filmmaker making this film. So, yes, they are definitely playing up a lot of like tropey, mystical kind of crime family. Like they're they're playing up like certain like character types, you know. I feel like in the hands of another filmmaker, this could have been very offensive. Yeah. You know? Definitely. I think to me it felt more like Bob Chin is playing off of stereotypes, trying to have fun with it, you know? And like to me it felt We were, you know, mentioning, like, the other types of, like, exploitation films of the 70s. It seemed like in that moment, it was, like, everybody was kind of, like, taking their own culture and, like, playing it to an extreme. You
0: know what I mean? Yeah. Also, the read I got on it, too, was that, you know, Bob Chin was very aware how close this was to, like, other movies. Like, the intro really gave me vibes of The Maltese Falcon. It's been a while since I've seen that, but I feel like the intro to this movie is almost you know, exactly the same as the intro for the Maltese Falcon. Okay. And like the concept of the jade pussycat as like this valuable artifact that's like just kind of slipping from hand to hand to hand is also very similar to the plot of that and other movies. Mm -hmm. But I feel like he was like, okay, you know, I'm making this series of, of stories that are based around, they're like a modern day take on, you know, the the detective noir movies. So a lot of the same tropes in those movies are in this movie, but things have been updated. And one of the updates that they made, because it's set in San Francisco, and San Francisco had a very booming Asian population with, like, Chinatown, in which that inevitably led to organized crime and, and street gangs and stuff. So I think that's where the Asian criminal element came into there. So I don't think it was so much of, like, a racial thing. of was just, like these asians out here causing no you know, I, mean, a, I don't i don't think Fox that's what was
1: happening yeah you know? but i mean more just like the personalities and the delivery and the mannerisms and costumes and you know all that kind of stuff like i didn't i didn't think it was like yeah too too,
0: too much well like here's the thing too when they first introduced uh, georgina spelvin's character for a second i was just like is she doing a yellow voice but then I realized, like, no, she's doing, like, a European accent. She was
1: doing, like, a Russian, kind of, right-ish?
0: Uh, I think it was meant to be more, like, German. Because, like, okay. later on when she meets up with Johnny Wad, I got all these, I, I forget the name, Inga from Young Frankenstein. Oh, okay, But, like, okay. I was, like, all I want for her to say right now is, like, would you like to take a Roland Roll, Roland Zahey! <laughs> okay, yeah, tell me what you think about this
1: controversial take, all right? I, you know, as I'm watching the scene and I'm like, all right, how how dark is this? Like, before before we knew it was going in that direction, I'm, I thought to myself, I'm like, hey, that's kind of cool that we're going to be getting an Asian dude and a white woman, you know? I'm like, yeah. this is, like, I feel like not always what you see in films. That's cool that, like, this... Well, that's the
0: angle that Bob Chin brings to these movies. Yeah,
1: so I'm like, all right, this, you know, some representation, like, different power dynamic, like, I'm digging it, you know? Although and in then Disco this...
0: Lady, it, it had the very problematic line oh it isn't true what they said about Asian they said that in this movie too I'm like, oh yeah they fuck did fuck. they did but wait but then, but then I was like but then
1: okay hold on so then I'm like wait a second this isn't gonna be just like a normal hot scene where they're showing like yeah like Asian dudes are hot too cause I felt like the dude did look pretty hot like he had a cool outfit he had like a vibe you know so I'm like alright Not this for is... a rapist well I didn't know that he was at that
0: <laughs> point alright
1: but then for it to take that turn I'm like what are they trying to say that she wouldn't have been interested? You know what I mean? Like that that's the only way we can see these two actors bang is like, if there's a fucking, you, yeah, know what no, I, you okay. get what I'm
0: saying? Saying it like that. I understand completely what you're Maybe saying. Maybe that's not like, what I was happening,
1: that. but like it crossed my mind. Like I was like, what the fuck?
0: You know, I think really though, it's more from the angle of if we make an Asian lead in this movie, then we're not going to get as many people going to see it. And we're trying to fucking get those deep throat numbers. Right. Um, so we got to put this fucking white dude that everybody knows of in this movie with his big fat dick and everyone's gonna go see it and we're gonna make a ton of fucking money so there's that problem like we still have those issues today yeah but as far as like having specifically one of the asian bad guys his sex scene is in a rape scene i think that's more to impress upon you that like these are bad dudes as opposed to this is the only way we can depict an asian man having sex with a white. i don't think it's that at all okay. especially just knowing the director is asian
1: right Perhaps some internalized issues. I don't don't know. I don't know. Either way, I'm just going to say, rub me the wrong way.
0: Bob Chin is like, the only way I can get with a white woman is... No. No. Do not make those accusations. Don't cancel Bob Chin. Don't say that. Theoretically. Oh my no, God. we have no idea. We don't know. I don't know.
1: know. We're just talking. We're just thinking about shit. We're just, you know? that's what
0: this podcast is. Just you and I talking a bunch of shit about movies that... You
1: with my favorite line ever. <laughs> I might sound like I'm full of shit right now. And, and to I...
0: some degree I am. <laughs> yes, I know. I own that. I love that. That's, that's so how funny. you know you can trust me, is I'm willing to admit that you shouldn't listen to anything that I say. We don't I'm know totally what's full of going shit. on. Probably. We don't know what's going on yeah. here.
1: So yeah, that was totally unchill. I thought it was the vegetarian girlfriend. It wasn't. It was some rando I still don't know who this woman was or why she was there or what was going on. And then Johnny Wad and the chick walk in and are like, uh, not chill. Break it up, you know? Yeah and
0: very progressive woke message of like you're going to jail for a long time for that but then that leads into another thing like i know it's very tropey but i feel like this movie probably does it more so than any movie that isn't like a parody or satire this scene was russian nesting dolls of people coming up behind somebody else with the gun yeah it, at it
1: was <laughs>
0: Cause that's how it
1: happens. Is like Johnny Wad stops what's going on. He starts talking to the guy, you know, and then behind him is the chick with a gun.
0: No, behind him is that guy's boss, the other Asian gangster.
1: Pulls a gun on the girl
0: with the gun, right? No, 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 no. Johnny Wad walks in and with the gun. Yeah, he points. At, he he's got a gun on on the guy, and he's like, "I'm I'm going to take you down, Buster," and then vegetarian restaurant. Goes and grabs her roommate and she's like, oh, come over here and sit on the couch and let me give you a cup of tea to, to help you get over this, you know, horrible ordeal. <laughs> and so as she goes cup to do that, that's, gonna be that's, really good. that's when fucking that guy's boss is just like, he goes in to check on, are you done raping this chick yet? We have other shit to do. And then he pulls a gun on Johnny Watt. He's like, you better drop that gun. And so Johnny Watt is like, fuck. So he drops the gun. And then 10, 20 seconds goes by. That chick comes back around and she has a gun pointed on this guy. I wanted them to keep going. I wanted this scene to last like 10 minutes of just every character in the movie showing up and pulling a gun on somebody else unexpectedly from behind. Just keep it going. Out the door, down the street, around the block, just fucking, oh yeah, well, I bet you didn't expect me to be here, did you, pal? (laughs) Yeah, they stop at three, which is perfect comedy number.
1: Yeah, very, very nice.
0: And that's how Johnny Wad gets out of that scrape.
1: And then... There's a glitch in my notes. I skipped a couple scenes. What was the next scene?
0: I think that's when we find out Paul is being held captive inside of uh, the warehouse. Okay. God, I, I'm starting to get this movie out of order. Like, I tried to take like I have like
1: chronological you can see, notes.
0: Yeah, I've got chronological notes with like time signatures on it because uh, I know that at one point they're in they're in like the warehouse and you know Jasmine's in there and this guy like pops in and she just turns around and boom shoots this fucking guy and he's literally like oh all i wanted was a pepsi oh that was good (laughs) that was funny
1: that was very funny that shook me too this guy this (laughs) bum or whatever but he looks like totally cool like walks up to johnny and is like hey can i get a dollar for a Cup of coffee and a burger, and I'm like, damn, this vegetarian restaurant has great prices. And he's like, yeah, man, whatever, here you go. And he's like, can I get another quarter for a desire? And he's like, get the fuck out of
0: here. Yeah, and if he would have given him that quarter, that man would still be alive today. Damn. Johnny Watt killed that guy. Pretty he didn't pull much. the trigger. Pretty but it's his much. fault he he's dead. As
1: well have. So Jasmine shoots this rando, and then. Somebody else pulls a gun on her so that she doesn't shoot Johnny Watt, right?
0: Yeah, something like that.
1: And then she's like, hey, we need to get this artifact back. So who? So Paul still has it, right?
0: Yeah, so by this but point... But now Jasmine has it? By this point, she had turned it over to fake Jackie Gleason. Jackie Gleason was like, oh, it's a fake,
1: mm-hmm. you know?
0: And unlike our dude in Disco Lady, he actually successfully smashes it on the floor, <clears throat> and then she. Fuck. I'm trying to figure out
1: how did the Jinx <laughs>
0: get get back into
1: the mix? Earlier
0: today, I felt like I had this movie. Like I so literally well watched in order. this
1: movie two hours ago, and I'm already losing
0: track of things. But I think they like bust Jasmine, and then Johnny Watt has a conversation with the lady who originally hired him to find Paul. Uh-huh. And that's when she's like, Oh, fsac that's like the San Francisco Athletic Club. Paul oh, talked about it all the time. What,
1: no, that's this okay, actually this was great. That's what the secretary said. Yeah, that's right. So okay, hold on. I think we need to backtrack. So they find Paul. Johnny Watt has the key and the Jade Pussy guy. I think by this point Paul's
0: dead because they drugged him up and I think he okay. died.
1: So Jasmine then is like, oh, okay, so she's like, hey, you have the key, but I have the buyer, like, should we collab, I think is what happened. Yeah. And he was like, sure. And then he, like, bailed and then just, like, blew her off, I guess.
0: We because should... he didn't
1: kill her or anything. They don't,
0: they don't bang at any point, do they? No, which that I was weird, too. I thought they were going too. to. I
1: thought they were going to, too. That totally threw me off.
0: Yeah. I feel like they should have. That's a subversion, man, like it was ryan johnson paul chin like fucking they know how to subvert your expectations he's just like
1: i've banged enough in this
0: movie
1: i don't <laughs> need this i'm not impressed so then he goes back to his secretary and he's like and this was so funny she's like dang i can't believe you solved this case in one day and because they found i guess he found paul was that was solving the case yeah solve this case in one day and i thought that was so funny because i'm like damn the case is already solved. This movie's already almost over. Like, I was like, it's all just lining up just right, you know. And then he says, like, almost solved it. I still got to figure out what these initials are. And she just knows that from just her own life or whatever. She's like, it must be a locker there. So then he goes, he gets it out of the locker. He goes back to his apartment or whatever. And Georgina Spelman is there. Yeah, that's That's how we get to the next part. That's what's going on.
0: Yeah, he takes it back with them and you're just like, our man is he's done it. Not only solved the case, but he's now got this rare artifact that's worth 250 grand and he doesn't even have to deal with the other bitch in order to get the money. Cuz he knows that if he if he's like, "Okay, I'll go along with your plan. We'll split the money." They're going to kill his ass. He, mm-hmm. he, he's deader than Paul. At he's that just going to ghost her. But so he goes back to his place. And then uh, that's when Georgina Spelman's character shows up. And that's when I realized like, oh, okay, she's doing a German accent. This is where the movie gets kind of weird. Because she comes in and she's like talking to him. She's She's like, so let me talk to you for a moment. And they like sit down on the couch together and everything. And she's like, I've heard a great deal about you. And then it cuts to her hand like slowly sliding across his pants. And I'm like, they missed such a great opportunity to have just like a big dick pun right there. Like, that's <laughs> what the movie fucking needed. Yeah. She's like, she's like, I've heard a lot about you. That there's quite a lot, of, like, something like that. I, I don't know. I didn't there write
1: There was not movie. enough dick in this movie.
0: Shockingly. Yeah. Like... Not enough puns either. Agreed. Totally um, agreed. <laughs> but so she starts feeling him up and everything, and you're like, okay, she's going to seduce him and figure out a way to, like, take the jade pussycat from him. Mm-hmm. Inevitably, it leads into a sex scene. And that's where the movie fucking kind of goes off the rails. Because then all of a sudden, it's like in Clockwork Orange, there's a sex scene where like they speed up the footage and they play like, I forget. It's a famous piece of music, but it's like, like like it's some shit you hear in Looney Tunes. And they do the same thing in this, where like it's them like struggling to like take off their clothes. And get the the mattress out of the fold-out couch and stuff. And I was like, what if you just didn't do this and just cut to her dress dropping off on the floor? And of course, she's wearing nylons. Fuck that. Take those off. You Ridiculous. know Any viewers that are into that, fuck off. <laughs> yeah, you know what? I was very I... offended. I liked Took that
1: sequence. I thought it was funny, but it did feel so out of place in this movie. I would have rather seen it in something else. Like It felt like something that would be in Star Virgin.
0: Yeah, like know? we literally like... have like watched people get murdered and killed and raped. And then all of a sudden, she's like, "Here's a fun little scene for you guys, isn't it wacky?" It was like, so weird. What are you it's doing? So but but yeah, so they they bang on this couch, and then it was a pretty good bang because like Johnny Watt passes out. He's like tough day of like solving cases and <laughs> banging broads. He passes out. She gets up, goes for a, a post-coital smoke, grabs the ashtray. I didn't catch this the first time. She grabs the ashtray and then she like turns over to him and she's like. She's like, where's the matches? And he's like, oh, they're right over here. Bonk knocks him the fuck out. And like the first time I watched it, I was like, she just did a James Bond judo chop and he's out.
1: That would be good. That would have been better. They should have done that.
0: They make it a point to where when they cut back to him afterward, he has to say like, oh, man, she used the ashtray to knock me out. 'Cause they really just to be clear. Yeah. Just to be clear, it wasn't just her hand. She was holding this hard ashtray in her hand, and that's what knocked me out. Cause I'm not a big wuss. And just to be
1: clear, the ashtray was like huge and like solid gold and like super heavy.
0: Hold this ashtray. It's very heavy. It's Feel, so heavy. If somebody dropped this on your head, you would be dead. It would yeah. knock you out.
1: I'm just that powerful that I survived.
0: And my head just Oh, kind of hurts just a little it's a little sore
1: but like i'm totally fine like don't
0: even worry about it but she does that so she can take the jade idol back to fake jackie gleason she brings it to him doesn't bother to open up the bag while she's still there and check it to be like let me make sure this shit's no she's just like it must be in this bag takes the bag skedaddles goes back to her boss guess what bitch there's nothing in there but like a little Jesus idol.
1: Oh my God, that was so funny. As he's opening it, he's like, Jesus Christ.
0: <laughs> that was hilarious. And then he has this like weird, like fake laugh and he's like, all's well that ends well. I
1: guess we're going to have to join the church and clean up our act. <laughs> uh, <yes.
0: laughs> we're going to move to ministry from our criminal activity. It's more lucrative anyway. It's easier to steal money that way. so she does that and then that's when it cuts back to him like explaining to the audience look this is what really happened to me and then he reveals that he actually has the thing the whole time and that's when it cuts to the end of the movie and he's standing out I don't think it's the... It's not the Golden Gate Bridge. I think it's the Oakland Bay Bridge.
1: This, I actually really like. Because one, I gotta just say, like, grainy shit film. Like, that looks so pretty. Outdoor, (laughs) natural light. It looks beautiful. So just the shot looked fantastic. And he's like, you know, when you look at this thing, it's like, think of all the people that died for this stupid artifact. No item, no matter how valuable is worth a human life, I might as well just throw this into the bay. But... I am just a human life myself, and it is pretty valuable, (laughs) so I think I'm going to have to see what this thing is all
0: about, and then he, like, walks off. Yeah. It was good. It was a good movie. Yeah, no, it wraps up, like, pretty well. I thought it was kind of neat that they tried to have, like, a somewhat uh, grounded message to it. Why are we all killing each other to steal this shit? Just for money? Man, that's wrong. But now that I got this shit, though, like I'm gonna <laughs> fucking try and bank on it. Keeping it real, yeah. He's a complex character, yeah. So that was the the whole movie, and for me, the thing that I kind of thought about this by the end of it is this is such a perfect movie for anybody who's into that sort of seventies earth tone grime aesthetic, mm-hmm. like this, like the way that you said it's it's yeah. just that that last shot of the film. You know, if you're if you're kind of like looking for something that's a little bit outside the norm that kind of like touches on those things, go on on YouTube and search for the Jade Pussycat. Try and find that that one video that I was talking about, Porno Paws, Because you'll be able to like watch the clips they have in there. There's no nudities, of course. And you'll get a good sense of like, is this a movie I'd be into? I think just from that, you'd be like, Yay or nay. Yeah. You know, and we already said pretty much everything we wanted to say about John Holmes. Well, oh, we didn't say is... anything about
1: John Holmes, though.
0: Oh, well, about Do his we performance. we get in the movie. into it? I don't know. I feel like we should maybe like save most of the hot takes for our next episode when we talk about the character that was the inspiration uh, for Dirk Diggler. No, because I'm going to have four
1: hours of shit to say just about the movie Boogie Nights.
0: All itself. right. Well, before you get into that, I just want to say. What did you think about the music in this movie?
1: Oh, I thought it was good. It felt very cinematic. Nothing, like, stuck in my head, you know? Like, if you asked me to, like, identify a song right now and you played, like, four, like, kind of similar songs, I wouldn't be
0: able to tell you which one was from this movie.
1: I felt like it was really good background
0: music. I did, too. It's definitely something to where if I'm writing or, like, working on some art or, like, just cleaning my place... And you put this on on Spotify or Pandora or something. I would not skip it. Like I would definitely yeah, listen. They to They were those. all
1: like solid songs. Yeah,
0: it and, was and altogether, I think I think that was just another aspect of like how this is. This was a pretty solid movie. Mm-hmm. You know, I I have no idea. I don't know if if I can find out real quickly how much this might have grossed. Oh, here's a good quote. Paul Thomas Anderson said, "This is like Hitchcock doing a porno." <laughs> pretty high fucking praise
1: yeah which i don't know if i agree with that
0: but okay yeah i have no idea like how much this movie ended up making like i think it definitely made its money back and then some mm-hmm. uh because what they made like another three or four johnny w- it's really There's hard a lot of them yeah. it's really hard to track like the chronological order of the johnny wad films 'Cause we've kind of searched around to like find out like which is first. I think they went from like seventy one to like eighty three or four or something. Oh wow. Yeah. If you're looking for films from this time period, this is definitely one to check out. Yeah. And then maybe you'll watch it and like us, like wanna check out the other uh movies. Although that being said, there is the one rape scene, so you know, be prepared for that. And then, also, there's things about John Holmes that are problematic.
1: Dude, John Holmes is literally the most problematic person ever. And I didn't even know... I Literally, I feel like I just have, like, a fucking sense for people. Because I just was like, ugh, I don't like this guy. I just saw him in a movie and I was like, I don't like his vibe. And then I, like, looked him up and I was like, what the fuck? Yeah, he's freaking horrible. He was just a hot mess. He was a pathological liar. A lot of people talk about that. Like, Rhonda jo Petty was talking about that in her interview. Like, just, like, little shit. Yeah, I grew up with horses and, like, John told me that he grew up on a farm and, like, he just didn't. That just didn't happen, oh, yeah, you know? And then, the, you know, the interviewer was like, do you think he was trying to, like, bond with you or she's like i don't know i never thought of that but like maybe he just had all these fake stories like he told some people that he went to medical school he dropped out of high school you know like he would just make a lot of shit up and it was just kind of weird he has this wife and they're like running an apartment complex and then he starts grooming this like 15 year old girl Ugh. And gets her, like, hooked on drugs. His addiction gets out of control. He owes a bunch of money to people, so he's, like, pimping her out. He gets AIDS because he's just doing a lot of drugs and making a lot of reckless choices. And then he owes all these people money, and so then he gets wrapped up with this gang. He's, like, living at their, like, home base, They're like, oh, you're friends with this, like, drug dealer, like, do you think you could hook us up? So he goes to this guy's house, draws up, like, a map of where he keeps all his valuables, leaves the door unlocked so that he can get robbed, and then there's just, like, this massacre that happens at the fucking house.
0: Which is that that one, the firecracker scene from yeah. Boogie Nights. Yeah. Um, And this is Probably like a, the best fucking scene in that whole fucking movie. It is a good scene. So tense. And it's
1: such a good movie. Yeah. But it's fucking crazy. And so like, look it's it looks It's Thomas Jane
0: in that scene. It's called
1: the Wonderland Murders. And it's yeah. like a whole thing. And I guess there's like a movie straight up about that too. A bunch of people got fucking killed because John Holmes was like a hot mess. Also, just a creep, and like his wife knew about his teenage girlfriend and just was trying to be like motherly to her, which is just like fucking disgusting Mm. and weird. He, after this murder fucking crazy situation, he like bails and just fucks off to Florida with this kid. Then he like comes back and like they try to like arrest him, but like they can't like get him on anything. He goes and tries to get back into films. He has AIDS, and he doesn't tell anybody, and he killed a bunch of fucking people.
0: Okay, yeah, that right there. He knew he had it,
1: and then chose not to tell anyone because he wanted to make money so he could keep getting loaded. He's a piece of shit.
0: Yeah, that's unforgivable. There's a story of a guy that was in a band in, like, Dallas in the early 2000s, and he did shit like that. He had AIDS, and he just went around spreading it around. Like, I think he got, like, 30 other people infected.
1: Oh, my God. Yeah. At that point in time, like, there was nothing you could do about it. And, like, it was super fucking gnarly. Yeah. And he ended up dying from it. And he died when he was, like, 42 years old.
0: Well, I mean, and... he's a victim of his own poor choices. Yeah. Yeah but just unfortunately like, he made a, he victimized a lot of other people so I knew some of those things but I'm glad you didn't tell me all those things before I watched this movie because then it would have really you know, yeah and like I want us to talk about the movie yeah.
1: and like you know we don't try to have too heavy a vibe on here yeah even though a lot of these movies are like really fun like if you started looking into some of this shit like there's a lot of gnarly shit going on you know
0: I don't know it's just interesting that there was all this expression that exploded for about a good 12 years and then everything had to fucking get shoved into the back of our closets and grimy little VHS cases, and we're just now getting to the point to where it's just like, yeah, you know what? Like, sex work is real work, yeah. and people shouldn't be shamed for that, and it shouldn't be criminalized.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, maybe we're going back in that direction again. I, I think like we shit are. shit keeps just shifting, you know.
0: I definitely think we are, and I think this podcast is just one small part of that overall march toward progress. Damn. <laughs> sorry, sorry to take. Uh, you know, what, was what a, was it was mostly a it Just like in Jane yeah. yeah. Pussycat,
1: like there was a lot of twists in that movie. There was a twist in this podcast.
0: There was. Well, I will just, say and it. that's the sort of thing you're going to get if you listen to this podcast on a regular basis and tell all your friends about it and leave reviews. Okay, yes. that's
1: like a whole thing. I didn't even think of that. I didn't even ask for that, but now I am asking for that because I guess it's going to be very, very helpful for us. And also, like, I am just genuinely curious about what people think. Because I'm a,
0: a narcissist who wants <laughs> I want you to be talking about me. We need to know what you think about us. We we thrive unless you this. don't like it. Then just like don't say anything. Yeah. No, good reviews only. If you're <laughs> listening to this and you're just like this sucks, you know what? Fucking keep that to yourself. We don't we don't need that negativity in our life. I don't want those those bad life.
1: vibes. Get yeah. that away from me.
0: Yeah, this is good um, vibes only.
1: Yeah, we we just had to get all that other stuff out because I don't want to be talking about that during the boogie nights episode. Boogie Nights, we're going to talk about my own emotional turmoil <laughs> <laughs> because I very heavily relate to this film. So, we're going to talk about um, how Boogie Nights is the hero's journey and how I wrote a paper about that. We're going to talk about how, at different points of my life, I've been every character in Boogie Nights. Um, and then I am now shifting into a new character from Boogie Nights. So, this is, I'm at a turning point For in my friends. own life. I was Burt Reynolds. Oh. Now I think it's shifting again.
0: The producer who goes to jail?
1: No. (laughs) Stop. Absolutely not. No. uh, The cute blonde chick who gets shacked up and has a kid but is still in the party pad. Yeah. That's me.
0: Okay. I was going to be very surprised if you're like, yeah, I'm Don Cheadle trying to open up my own record store but no one wants to give me a loan. I'm
1: Don Cheadle's wife. (laughs) <laughs> and we are gonna get it
0: loud, and we're yeah. gonna be crushing it. You guys are gonna crush but it. But I'm also
1: I'm it. not gonna stop being permanent. Reynolds. Like that's still gonna be there. But
0: no, I've got I've got an interesting reveal about Boogie Nights that I'm not sure if I've told you. What? Yeah.
1: Are you saving it? For- I'm saving it oh! for the episode. Oh my god. Okay. So
0: hopefully I'll remember <laughs> to say it when we actually do sit down and record. Write it down. <laughs> Which I don't know. Possibly we might record uh, the episode. Out in the middle of the desert. Oh my god. We could. I could bring all of the stuff to do it there.
1: <laughs> it could actually be sick. We'll have
0: to see. Maybe you'll hear some some crickets and coyotes oh and the god. wilderness out in the background.
1: Because we are... Uh, that we, would be a vibe. That would be such a vibe. Okay, maybe we should do that. We should at least record something out there. Yeah. We definitely should. Okay. Because um, we're going to Joshua Tree next month. In, Plug time. Wait, this month? I don't know what month it is.
0: When is this coming out? <laughs> uh, yeah, no. When this comes out, we will. I think we'll already be in Joshua Joshua Tree that week.
1: So it'll come out earlier in the week, and then it's that. Okay, mm-hmm. all right. Yeah. So maybe you know, if you guys live in San Diego or LA or anywhere, we're in Joshua Tree. Even perhaps you know, Palm Springs, Big Bear. I don't know where you guys are at, but if you're somewhere in the vicinity of Joshua Tree. May 19th through 21st It's Friday, Saturday, Sunday Is the High Desert Fringe Festival And I'm going to be there And we're going to be doing our play Desperate to be seen, horrified of being known A ghost story Which is a heavily Tennessee Williams inspired play So come <laughs> see that uh, If any of this resonated And all of my issues are expressed in that play So come learn some more about me <laughs>
0: And it's a fantastic uh-huh. play. I've had the fortune of like seeing it multiple times and like seeing it almost from its inception. But it's a fantastic play; gets better every single time I watch you guys do it. I think there's no way they can top it this time. And then you do. Well,
1: now you're gonna get to hear it with the audio. Yeah, because Manny made oh, yeah. us an
0: intro for it. I'm a
1: part of the play. <laughs> yes, so you're in the play. Yeah, you're gonna get to hear that. um It's really awesome. And then also another cool thing is that we're going to be doing a panel, like a film screening panel, talking about Big Feet. Mm. So I'm trying to get you a lanyard so you don't have to buy tickets to any of this shit. All oh, right. Oh, <laughs> so
0: shit.
1: It's perks cool. Perks Oh Yeah, it's going
0: to be very cool. Yeah. So try so to check it out if it
1: works. You know? If
0: you're anywhere in Southern California or if you're just anywhere alive in the world in mid-May 2023, go to Palm Springs. Go to Joshua Tree. Fringe Festival, be there.
1: And in September, we're going to New York. So we'll have more details about that later. But like East Coast peeps can come come out and see you too. And also
0: in September, that's when we're going to be doing my birthday episode (gasps) um, for a fantastic movie called Orgasmo. It is not a porno, but it's a movie about porno. So if you have any idea what that is, hopefully you're very excited for it. If you have no idea what it is, Matt Stone, Trey Parker made a movie called Orgasmo in the uh, late 90s, and it fucking rules. It's one of my favorite goddamn movies of all time, and I love the shit out of it, and we are going to talk about it right here on this
1: podcast. Ah, so much good stuff coming. Hell yeah.
0: So wait, let's say I'm just some regular person uh, who is hearing this podcast for maybe the first or second time, and I'm like, hmm... You know, these guys seem kind of interesting and I want to learn more about them. Where can I go to learn more about us? All right. We are in a lot of spots. So if you're talking about just like the podcast itself,
1: we're on Spotify, we're on Apple, we're on RSS is our home base. So we're on a lot of different podcast platforms. If you want to know more about us and our work and see cool pictures of of our photo shoots and, you know, the play and all the other stuff that's going on in the film. Like, you're going to want to go mostly on Instagram. We have a lot of stuff on Instagram. So, there's two Instagrams. There's Good Vibe Cinema and Vibe Talking. Also, we have a YouTube, Good Vibe Cinema. We have a Vibe Talking Twitter. No, uh, not really.
0: I mean, it We're exists. We're kind of phasing it out. But, I mean, Twitter is, like... It's more of a shit show than it's ever been. It's yeah. just a fucking So Twitter's
1: maybe now. not as popping. I, uh, we
0: might as well get a fucking account on Parler, the state of, of Twitter. I don't even know what that is. <laughs> so maybe we should, maybe
1: we shouldn't. We have a good vibe cinema TikTok, but there's really not a lot on there. Like, I'll just say straight up, like, yes, we're on other platforms, but, like, Instagram is where we're, like, active. So that's where you guys probably want to go.
0: And if you're an intrepid listener with, uh, with a lot of free time and you're very good at social media and maybe you just like us a lot and you want to give us a little hand with so, with our social media, please reach out. That would actually be You can be awesome. reach us at vibetalking at gmail.com. Let us know. Like, you can just send us suggestions. Um, you can send us feedback or whatever you may have. Or if you have a killer phone sex script. Yes! So you'd like to hear <laughs> the two of us read, do a dramatic reading of, please, vibetalking at gmail.com.
1: Vibe Talk in, no G.
0: Yeah. but yes. There's never a G. The, the only G is in Gmail, so don't get it confused. Yeah. And there's then there's enough. also Good Vibe Cinema. You can always reach out to Good Vibe Cinema yeah. and like send some ideas, some scripts.
1: If you want to collab, you know. If you want chill.
0: to, you know, financially support anything that uh, Vic's trying to do, like, you know, please do that.
1: We do have a Venmo, Good Vibe Cinema Venmo. Oh. And incredible. that goes to everything. I mean, that goes to the play. That goes... So like costumes and props and stuff for our photos for the podcast, you know, like just any of that kind of stuff. Running
0: a production company, not as cheap as you might think. It actually costs money. very bougie. Yeah. (laughs) Like you hear about all these like big bucks movie studios. This is not it. This is a very like mom and pop, Manny and Vic kind of thing. You know, Manny and Vic, Michael, whoever, Verdell, whoever else is involved.
1: Lots of cool paves. Yeah. I'm doing my taxes tomorrow, so we'll see how that
0: goes. (laughs) Support independent artists. I'm about to
1: write off all the phones that we used in coming soon.
0: (laughs) Eventually, like, without your support, eventually, like, Disney is going to fucking own everything. They already own The Simpsons and Star Wars. Like, you know, please, folks, we need your supports. I'm going to go all PBS right now. NPR. Listener supporting. Bernie
1: Sanders, once again, I'm asking for
0: your financial support. <laughs> I wish we had some cool uh, Vibe Talking tote bags to send you. But cool. we, we are talking about merch. So if that's anything that anybody would be interested in, uh, again, you know, Vibe Talking at gmail.com. No yeah,
1: we have pins and stickers right now. And literally, if you just ask for them, we'll just send it to you. Just yeah. for free, like just if you reach out, if you say that you want them, I got you. And here's here's
0: another thing that I'll throw out there, because um, I don't uh, expect anybody is still listening to this point, or that anything will really come of it. But if you would ever be interested in having us host a live screening of a movie, you can hit us up, and if it's at all feasible, we'll definitely consider it.
1: Yes, we'll come to your house. We'll bring snacks
0: who knows we'll bring us and yeah. you bring the snacks and the booze and then invite a bunch of your friends maybe we can invite some of our friends depending on where it is yeah. but we'll see we actually we are looking at having a live screening at some point in the very near future got to get through fringe fest first yes
1: there's so much shit going on right now <laughs> yeah
0: very exciting times it is.
1: it's all good stuff
0: yeah which means that unfortunately we're gonna to have to wrap this up because we both need to get our rest.
1: Yes, we do. We're living
0: very chaotic lives. <laughs> okay, good night, you guys. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Goodbye.